0: Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show.
1: This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver.
0: Welcome in. You are here. We are here. Everybody's here. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, joined by AJ Hayfley, the one and only BSN Avalanche insider and draft expert. How you doing, sir? Monday morning or Monday, not Monday morning, Monday. It's Monday. How you doing?
1: Uh I'm I'm great honestly. Um I was lucky enough to meet uh one of our BSN subscribers outside of the practice facility today. Oh nice. Uh he had come down from Calgary with a bunch of Flames fans um for game 6. And so game 6 obviously didn't happen, so they went to a Rockies game and spent the entire weekend getting drunk nice that's awesome <laughs> so he had he had a better weekend than everybody because he got to spend the whole time dunking on the flames fans that he came down with and um and getting drunk and hanging out in denver and and just chilling so that is um,
0: peak humanity
1: that's a sports it was, fan right there it was aw- it was aw- it was awesome i was like yeah that's that's fantastic um and uh you know going getting back at the rink today was nice doing a little bit of writing, you know, wrote a little practice piece, talked to Kerfoot a little bit, yeah, watching the uh caps and canes right now, hoping hoping for the canes here mm mm-hmm. um because if i uh one or one or two more first round predictions goes right, and uh, uh one of my bracket challenges that I entered into will be about sewn up after the first round. <laughs> so did you so, did you
0: take the abs in one and the flames in another
1: uh no I took uh I took the abs and uh well I guess yes i I was in a couple of different bracket challenges and uh there was one that i I made for funsies where I took the abs and Islanders nice. and mm. and then a couple of other picks that have uh and then I also picked the blues uh I picked the stars um and uh, I picked like Vegas, and so you know a couple, a couple, a couple more of those end up being correct, and uh, because everybody else picked Tampa Bay as as well as I did, mm-hmm. but I did not, I did not pick Tampa Bay to win the cup in that league or in that challenge, mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm, and I was the only one to pick the Islanders, and so like I'm way ahead in that league. So the, so. R-
0: the reason I ask, I can't, <laughs> I was, I was dying laughing when I saw the commercial the other day. Uh, the NHL for the first time ever rolled out a, uh, a second chance bracket challenge. Cause they lost so many in round one <laughs> uh, that, that, cause I mean, they do Geico does the, the bracket challenge and I don't know wh- what is the top prize? like Stanley cup final tickets for the following year or something. If you enter like the, whatever one is that the NHL does. Um, but yeah, they they actually had to roll out uh, after the Avs beat the Flames. They rolled out a second chance bracket. So I was wondering if you had to if you had to enter one of those facetiously, obviously.
1: Uh, okay. yeah, no, I um, no, I you know, you don't know, you know me about that stuff, man. I don't no. care. The only reason I care about this one is because uh, I did it. I did it for the lulz. <laughs> uh, I, I titled it "Haters in the Building," and I and I was picking. I picked the literally going through and I said I'm going to pick the blue colored team. Nah. And and then I'm going to pick the Avs and the Islanders and right now I'm rolling but I need I need Carolina to win, I need Dallas to win, I need Vegas to win and my first round coming out of the first round I will basically be home free no matter what happens if that if that takes mm. place. So bracket challenges are stupid anyway, man. They're such a waste of time. So after uh after the the like light- did you know speaking of which like did you know i got credit in one of these bracket challenges for picking tampa bay in four games they gave me the four they gave me credit for picking four games no. correctly but i picked the wrong That's team so and i was like this is stupid i shouldn't get credit for that <laughs> so after
0: after round 1 i guess there's a an nhl reddit league uh, that that has a bracket challenge, yeah. and after after the lightning lost, there was only one one bracket uh, that was still in it, and I guess it was uh, some some guy had tweeted about it. It was his girlfriend's bracket, who doesn't like hockey. She went through and made picks. She had the uh, the Blue Jackets in four and the Avs in five. What? Yeah. <laughs> so after after the Blue Jackets won, it was like, oh well, this is the only bracket that sells a chance to be perfect and she had the abs in five i'm trying to go back through right now as i'm talking to you on my twitter and find it uh because i thought i had liked it or retweeted it or something um but yeah crazy right
1: that i mean that is definitely crazy <laughs>
0: uh yeah. aj let's uh let's get into it shorter first segment here for sure Uh, Let's start with talking about you were at practice today. First abs practice since defeating the Calgary flames back uh, at in, uh, in Denver down in Centennial at their practice facility at family sports. uh, Not Samuel Broussard. Derek Broussard was back out there in a, uh, a regular Jersey G was out there in a non-contact, but it sounds like he's getting close. Here's my question. If both uh Brassard and G can come back into the lineup for game one of the second round. What do you think that lineup is gonna look like? because um, you're gonna have to make some room.
1: Yeah, and I think um, I think it'd be I think it'll be Andrew Ghetto and Nemeth coming out. So you don't think
0: they'd go uh, Andrew Ghetto and Bork go eleven and seven?
1: I, I really don't, um, and it's nothing against Nemeth. It's nothing that he, It's it's not that he hasn't played well or any of that. Uh, I just think that they would be able to get they would be able to get whatever PK minutes they need between Sodorov, Cole, and Johnson. Um, they usually they usually roll heavy like that mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and so missing Nemeth on the PK, I don't think will be as big a deal. Um, and then, I mean, obviously, you know, the ideal way to mitigate that would be to stop taking <laughs> penalties. Um, and I do I do think Bork played well enough and and Andrew Ghetto played, you know, so little that Broussard coming back in, they could justify, well, Broussard will play, will take his role on the second power play unit. And then that's just kind of it. Follow-up question. You know, whereas... Where you know, whereas Bork would play the PK, and it's like, okay, well, you don't really have like a, and a, I guess a quote unquote easy replacement there. I should say an experienced replacement, not mm-hmm. an easy one. I think there's a bunch of easy replacements, but I'm not, I'm not going down that road again.
0: Um, do you think you maybe gear it stylistically as well? You know, if if it does end up being Vegas, you know, Nemeth coming out of the lineup might make a little bit of sense as far as you know, speed and and pace mm-hmm. goes. Uh, if it's San Jose, do you maybe rethink it or do you say we're going with our best players no matter what?
1: I think the ABS are playing well enough right now and that they're, they're rocking and rolling that they need to roll their lineup, not get cute worrying about trying to hang with the other team, match up with the other team. Roll what you think is your best lineup and then if you're two games into it and it's been an absolute disaster, reassess.
0: There you go. Well, AJ, we are going to have... Plenty of time to break down um, everything from the second round, from lineups to matchups, all that fun stuff. Here in the next couple days, when we know who they're playing, Vegas and San Jose heading to game seven tomorrow night, we will have a better idea of who the ABs uh, will be matched up against. Not a better idea. We will know who the ABs will be matched up with uh, after tomorrow night. AJ, you want to talk a little bit about U18s? The ABs are, are. Headed to the second round of the playoffs. So we haven't shifted our focus to draft quite yet, but we figure while well, we've got a couple days here in between, uh, we have a minute to talk about it. Why don't you let us know what's been going on with the U 18s? I told you, I haven't been able to watch a ton of it, so I'm not going to be able to, uh, to contribute much here, uh, <laughs> with, with the, uh, the funky, the funky start times for those games. But what are you seeing over there? Um, what's coming out of the U18 World uh, Men's World Championships?
1: Well, the biggest thing that I was watching for uh, going into U18s was uh, Vasily Podkolzin, right? The Russian kid who, oh, he's the third best prospect, uh, but if you look at his counting numbers, obviously are not very impressive over in, uh, in Russia. And I, always, and I always say, you know, you have to keep that in mind with the fact that that's just – it's a different world over there. Those guys, they, they experience different things. Um, the development system over there and the, the ice time and the situations are so different, you know, where there was, there was one kid last year who got drafted in the second round who was playing uh, for his MHL team, was playing like 30 minutes mm-hmm. a night for that team. And so, you know, his numbers were awesome. And then you look at some of these other guys, and you're talking about, you know, he, they're playing nine minutes a night or whatever. So you've got to be careful with that production. Um, but but Pod Colson had he was really good at uh, at WJCs. Uh, he was really good at Ivan Linka, and he was really good at Five Nations. And so you're saying, okay, he's been really good at international tournaments where he's on an even on an even playing field mm-hmm. with his age group. He needed to keep that up. And that's and I and I was looking forward to watching him more than anybody else um, as the captain of Team Russia. And to be honest with you, it really feels to me like he he's played his way out of that top five. Really? Wow. It's it's it was already going to be tough, like Hughes and Kakao one and two, right? Um, but but doing that is easy. But Chicago at 3, you know, I with their with their lack of drafting Russian players especially from Russia, um I just I I've, I've been I've been very skeptical of it and of the teams in the top 5, the only one that I really thought was a good fit uh for for Pod Colson was was Colorado. And given given how this tournament has gone and given look like the reality is the abs place a heavy emphasis on how these things go on how players do with these types of tournaments. They've always placed a big emphasis on it, which is one reason to express a little doubt the on Kirby Dak as the guy there, because he was hurt following his WHL run and is not participating. Whereas, you know, Dylan cousins has been there. uh, Peyton Krebs is there. You know, there's some of the guys he's competing with in terms of draft positioning are are there, um, as well as all the American mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, Pod Colson has just been right. he was just OK mm-hmm. going up against. Uh, going up against Team USA the other day, uh, they got destroyed like they Pod Colson made a phenomenal play on uh on one of the on one of Team Russia's goals they got up uh, on a two nothing lead early in the first period uh and then basically got run out of the building mm-hmm. after that and he made a he made a great play uh, for an assist which was his I believe his first point of the entire tournament in 3 games um which mm-hmm. is disappointing in and of itself um and then uh he he did a good job drawing a penalty later on and like, that's nice, but you're not, you're not looking at a guy like that and saying, okay, he's going up against elite competition. We want to see how he fares against those guys. You know, he's going up against Turcott, Hughes, Boldy, uh, Trevor Zegras, all the, all those American kids who are top 10 um, sure. prospects. Right. And all of those kids outplayed him by a mile. I mean, it wasn't even close. Uh, especially Turcott, uh, Boldy, and Hughes. Those those three, I thought, were awesome in that game. Um, my love of Matt Boldy continues to just rise. Uh, I think that I think that he should be a strong candidate for Colorado at four. I don't think realistically he will be. Um, but I I tell you what, man, he is a beast of a player, and this this Turcott kid yeah. is something else too. Like Turcotte, Turcotte is. I think he's going three to Chicago. Uh, they they go heavy, heavy, heavy into the USHL picks, um, and he looks he looks like the real deal. Uh, a high end two way center. It's a little on the small side, but is a great skater and can do can do a little bit of everything. Um, has has turned some ABS fans off because he is comparable to Tyson Jost and some abs fans are right. not interested in running that pack so uh you know not great right but i love i love the tur i love turcott um i really love matt boldy i you know turcott's a center boldy's a wing so you're having different conversations there right like you're you're giving up positional value if you take a wing right. at 4 over over a center uh, and you know, with with the centers available in the top ten between Turcotte, uh, Cousins, uh, Dak, uh, and and Zegras, even I mean, you're talking that's a lot of that's a lot of guys down the middle that you're passing up if you want to go for one of the wings. So it's been it's been interesting to to watch. Uh, obviously, combines and interviews and all that is is also going to continue to play a major role in in how this continues to shake out but for me i think i think we might start uh, putting pumping the brakes a little bit on uh, the pod Coles and hype train uh, and and get to focusing a little bit more on uh dak Deck um, those are those. That's probably the end of the list. The realistic list is probably Turcotte and, and Kirby Doc. So there you go. Uh,
0: kind of a nice little. Uh, I don't necessarily know if you want to say hidden gem is the U-18s, but it's just different this year with the draft lottery coming before the U-18s. Um, you really kind of put a lot more. Uh, Focus on, on who you're watching, what you're watching with the U18s, now knowing where the abs pick. In years past, the U18s would have gotten going before the lottery started, or before the lottery was uh, uh, was done. So just kind of a little bit of a different, different feel to it this year. Anything else uh, that you want to touch on out of U18 Men World Championships?
1: It's a bummer they didn't get that first pick. Jack Hughes is a So, incredible. I, I'm, gonna so this, I'm gonna use this guy's am I'm gonna use this opportunity to, watch, man. to put
0: someone on blast a little bit here. Man, not on blast at all. But we had someone, because you and I made the comment before the end of the year that said that lottery pick is more important than the abs making the playoffs.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. If Lottery pick came up fourth, yeah. the
0: abs are into the second round. Someone who had come to us saying, you guys are off your rocker, the playoffs are way more important, is now wanting to really dig that one home to us, that they were right, that, that the playoff experience is way more important. I want to walk back a little bit here. Now, also understand that you have the benefit of hindsight. You know the pick is fourth overall, and you know the abs are in the second round, so it's easy to look really smart. But... I stand by the statement of the abs getting the first overall pick is more important than going to the playoffs. And if the abs had, if the lottery balls had come up first overall, guess what? That would still be more important than this playoff run because landing a player of that talent is, is transformational for a franchise. You, You could have been looking at the abs as a legitimate and again, they're in the second round. This is great. It's it's amazing for the organization, it's amazing for the players, it's amazing for development, but being able to add a player like Jack Hughes at the cost of nothing. A, an extra draft pick, that would have been transformational. Right. I fully stand by that statement. The abs the the the, the abs getting the first overall pick would have been more important than a playoff run. Guess what? It fell to four. They lost a draft lottery. Now you're right. This is more important. The abs should be focusing on a deep playoff run and development, uh, for, for the players that are in it and getting the experience. But again, when you have the benefit of knowing the results of the lottery, it's super easy to look smart and say, I told you so, uh, Standby. Had they gotten first overall, that would have been the most important thing that happened uh, this summer.
1: Yeah, uh, no, I one hundred thousand percent agree that had they had it. Mm-hmm. I mean, had they even gotten second overall between between Hughes and Kakao, that 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 completely changes the trajectory of your franchise to add a player of that caliber. Um. You know, and that's not to say that the guys that the guy right. that they're going to get at four isn't going to be good. It's just that one, it won't be immediate returns. Whereas Hughes and Kakko mm-hmm. will probably be in the NHL next year. Um, certainly Kakko will be. Uh, and then you know, like you're you're going to be waiting a year or two for whoever they get at three or four. In this case, four, but also isn't going to be as good as those guys. There's nothing wrong with saying that and you know I, I mean hey I'll I'll walk it back and say i I was wrong if the Avs yeah, me too go out and me win too. The if, cup. if the abs i right I'll I'll go out and say I was I was wrong mm-hmm. if the Avs make the Cup finals then yeah totally my bad I dead wrong but uh unless that happens and even if that does happen it's still just like okay, like, this is how it turned out, you know, did, did anybody expect that? Did even the person who's really proud of themselves for for saying that expect that right. the, the run would be this deep? You know, so, nah, but, but, nah but, but it's no big deal. We say a lot of things on the podcast. We're going to be wrong about a lot of them. We're going to be right about some of them. We'll feel good about the ones we get right and the ones we get wrong. You know, you just hope and to learn from it and even if they make tomorrow. it
0: to the Stanley Cup Finals, guess what? You still have to build a team for next year. And Hughes and Capo Capo cacao would have gone a long way for that. But I just uh, I, I kept just seeing the, the the chest thumping in my in my mentions, so I had to say something. Yeah. Well, and and right. that's also enjoy the win. Like, enjoy the win. There's like, success what, in in. In Denver for the Habs for the first time in over a decade. Just be happy about it. Just yeah, be happy about and, it and, and enjoy it. And and, and you know why are you trying to burn? Uh, you know other other people that are following the Habs that are enjoying this just as much as you, just to prove that you were right. Great, perfect. You you win. Yeah, You're right, right. I guess. You, you come you come do the podcast. AJ and I will take the next six months off. Uh and we'll just enjoy this super fun ride that we're on.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like I oh my god, wouldn't it be weird to like just sit back and watch hockey and not be like mm-hmm. oh yeah. what does this mean? Ooh, we can podcast. talk about that. Oh man, we definitely have to mention
0: that. I can just, just to like sit there and watch it and then tell people I was right after. Dude, that'd be
1: dope. Yeah. And then, and then not worry about anything mm-hmm. else yeah. that I might have ever been wrong about. Hey, It'd <laughs> be like, I got, yeah. I got this oh, one thing who right. Who I tell oh. about it on
0: Twitter and then remind again which, in two in days?
1: My, yeah, which, in which case, like, awesome. Like, dude, it's, it's like, there's no doubt being right is awesome and it's fun and it feels good. And, uh, you know, you get to, I get to experience it once mm-hmm. out of every 50 times I say something. So... You know, I, I try to, I try not to strut too hard. when hey, I But get everyone's got to watch out. AJ and a I are taking
0: bit. more and more tips from Cristalia, and uh, we might just decide one of these days we're fed up with it, and we're just going to go off on. We're going to, we're just going to start putting up people's picture like he does, and just calling them out.
1: My, can't believe <laughs> such a did man. You see, did you see he? Uh, <laughs> he went and did a
0: show in Albuquerque. And talk a bunch of shit on it, and now the city of Albuquerque yes. runs two news stories on him on the nightly news, and he's just he's playing the news stories on his podcast, talking talking crap about the anchor and yeah, and just doubling down on everything he said about Albuquerque. Love it! I thought it was hilarious. So
1: maybe maybe AJ and I will just start doing that. <laughs> it's it's um honestly it's it's like. I lived in Albuquerque. I went to school there. Yeah. Uh, for you know, for five but, minutes. Um, I love I love the city there, mm-hmm. but they're super sensitive about anything like that, and so it was, yeah. it's it's been very entertaining. Yeah. So uh, uh, to watch. That all right. Happen.
0: Well, there you go. Let's. Uh, I I said this was going to be a quick segment at the start of the segment. It's been 24 minutes. So let's jump out. When we come back, we're going to take a look around the rest of the league. Half of these series are done. Four of the eight teams have advanced to the second round. We are waiting on the other four. We're going to take a look, get some of AJ's reactions to what happened in the first round and uh, get some predictions. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back.
1: but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases.
0: I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help.
1: Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and
0: download their app today. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano and AJ Hatefully here. And guess what we're doing, guys? guess what time it is it is time to tell you about some game changing coffee strava Craft coffee is the cbd enriched coffee that has really changed lives their reviews are incredible so make sure you check them out this cbd and coffee has cbd infused coffee you'd think i'd know it after reading it all these times, has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. AJ, the first round of the playoffs has half wrapped up. Game sixes and sevens happening between now and Wednesday. Let's start out east. Uh, You and I haven't talked uh, at least about, about this on the podcast since it happened. The Columbus Blue Jackets completed the sweep of the Tampa Bay Lightning in what has to be the biggest upset in NHL history, what did you think, uh, and again, this ended a handful of days ago, it's old news by now, but again, just curious for your, for your take on it. What happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning, what, what were statistically the best regular season team in NHL history tied with only one other? What happened?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. And to be honest with you, uh, it's tough for me to answer because I didn't watch a ton of that series.
0: Well, it was over so Um, quick. There wasn't time to catch it.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, they, they were playing on the same nights as, uh, the Isles and pens were. So, eh, you know,
0: do you think, is there anything to, and I believe we talked about it last week with the flames. Is there anything to it? that the Tampa Bay Lightning had been on cruise control for the last two months of the season. They clinched the President's Trophy with 20-some games to go. Columbus yeah. had been essentially playing playoff-level hockey for the last, you know, three weeks. Hey, by the way, uh want a little bit of side credit here. My phone's on silent. i oh, wow. I've gotten a handful of notifications on this show. You haven't heard a single one of them. Oh, uh, my God. I... It won't be me that's very
1: excited about that. It'll Just
0: wanted to else. pat myself on the back a, a little bit there. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning kind of got to, kind of got to cruise into the playoffs. Do you think that had anything to do with it?
1: I definitely think there's certainly something to that because, uh, I mean, we see it regularly where we see these top seeds struggle. You know, we see the Presidents Trophy winners uh, struggle. We saw it last year. They, uh, they got. Into the first round against Colorado, they were like, "Oh, these guys! You know, we won the president's trophy, and uh, you know they were they were feeling good about themselves." And the ABS had to go to Game eighty two just to get in, and they came out and they didn't take Colorado very seriously. It took them a little while for them to for them to really round into playoff form, right, and to to get into that level of competitiveness.
0: Well, and and, and and it's so funny you say that actually because now thinking back to it last year, what everyone you know when you, when you look back at that, so you say, oh, the Presidents Trophy winners, they they you know they they won the first first round series in six games. They had John, they were playing as Jonathan Bernier and Andrew Hammond, and it took them six games. There there is full reason to believe that had the Abs had Semyon Varlamov last year, um, and Eric Johnson, and Eric Johnson, and Samuel Gerard. um maybe that series comes out a little different.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely reason to believe that things could have changed a little. I mean, you remember they, they were playing David Warsawski, Mark Barberio, Duncan Siemens all played during that series. Mm -hmm. You know, um, your backup goaltender, they played, you know, obviously Andrew Hammond. It's, I mean, you think about it, like, and they still struggled with that team, right? One that was a testament to last year's team, and that's kind of what we—that's kind of what we focused on, right? Was giving them that credit that they made life more difficult than we expected for Nashville. But I mean, also Nashville, you know, they—they weren't that great, and to see to see this continue. Uh, This year, you know, the president's trophy winner always has a hard time, right? But when we see them run away with it like this, you know, we saw uh, Washington a couple of years ago had a similar year to to Tampa Bay where they just ran over the league Mm -hmm. and then they got into the postseason and then they were out and you were like, oh, well, well, there you go. That happened fast. Mm -hmm. You know, I certainly think there's something to it. Um, It's not, it's not that, oh, it's a bad thing. It's that the level of competitiveness ramps up in the postseason. And when you're walking in and you're just smoking teams left and right uh, in the regular season and you're not having to, you know, you're not getting pushed that, that way and you're not having to up your game. You're not having to have any, you know, come to Jesus moments. You're not having to 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 do the things that you have to do in the postseason, where you're taking somebody's best shot every night, you know, and you're playing a, a really good hockey team every night. You yeah. don't have that in the regular season. You know, you might you might play, oh wow, we played five games in a row against good teams, but then you'll get four games in a row against not good teams.
0: well, and those good teams all have different looks, and, you know, it's it, it's we talked about it a lot with that first round series with the abs. It's it's hard to manage matchups and and someone, you know, changing their game plan for you when every night you're getting to roll out the same game plan and it works night after night and you're stomping people. That's a lot easier yeah. than when someone, John Tortorella in this case, is making adjustments on the fly for that
1: every single night. Yeah, and definitely, you know, the best of 7 just means that you are you know, your your weaknesses are gonna be exacerbated, you know, your strengths are gonna get minimized. How how well do you match up when all of this is happening? Right. right. Like that's that's really the big question there is is how well do you handle all of those? How do well do you handle that adversity? Uh and, and Tampa didn't handle it well two years in a row. Yeah. You know, remember they they had that lead in the Eastern Conference Finals last year and they got they got leaned on, things got tough, and they folded up shop. Now I'm not I'm not one to really make a whole lot and be like, oh, that's an embarrassment or anything. Like you got to game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals and we're gonna act like hey, there might be something broken here. Right. But it does it does make you wonder. You know, it it is fair to wonder kind of what's up there, but at the same time. You know, that's a great team.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: And they had a great season, and it's just difficult. I mean, winning in the playoffs is just difficult. You're you're trying to beat a team four times in seven games. And they're able to. They're able to watch film on you. They're able to get a feel for you. They're able to. They're. They're able to get under your skin. They're able to do all these different things to you. You know, series. It, it's hard to win, not just one of these things, but four of them to win the cut. I mean, that is a that is hard to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's. I was shocked with what happened with the Lightning just because they were – I mean, they were so good. So
0: good. Just such a well-put-together team.
1: And and Columbus was – you know, Columbus got hot at the very, 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 very end. Kind of like Colorado, they waited absolutely as long as they could to tap into their best Yeah. at the end of the season. Uh, and they did that, and then both teams, credit to them, they carried it over. Yep. And that's that's what's really, really, really hard to do is to carry that momentum over. Um, you know, okay, it's great, like you get you get this far, but to to carry over from the regular season into the postseason that same drive and that belief and that competitiveness and that the attention to detail, the shift by shift, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's really difficult to do. And Colorado, Columbus. Uh, They were able to do it against against teams that had kind of easy street regular seasons. And we saw that as soon as, as soon as those teams had to dig down deep, they didn't know how to do it.
0: We're going to circle back to the top seed team thing here at the end of the show. Uh, Let's keep running through the East Boston, Toronto. I think you and I both predicted that would go seven games and guess what? Here we are game seven tomorrow. So we don't have much to say on that other than nailed it. Um, Washington, Carolina. I don't have the score in front of me right now. Uh, but three two 14 minutes left to play. Is that Carolina up? Carolina is winning. So Carolina holds on to that. That goes seven games, which I think surprises a lot of people as well. Um Peter Morazic, I think, has been the biggest surprise for me as far as the hurricanes go.
1: This this whole back half of the season. I mean, when we saw him come into Denver. And when they shut out the Abs two nothing that night, it was because Peter Mrazek played the game of his life. Uh-huh. He was absolutely incredible that night, and to his credit, man, he has just kept it going.
0: Uh-huh.
1: He's been so good for them, and I, you know, hockey. You know, Mike Smith, Peter Mrazek, awesome in the postseason. Yeah. Okay, didn't see that coming.
0: <laughs> um, And then your aisles and your Pens, do you have any love you want to give
1: for the Isles? Yeah, I, I did not expect that to happen. I didn't pick them in that series. I surely did not pick... Uh, A sweep? What's-his-face. Uh, I definitely didn't pick that. I did not pick Jordan Eberle to be the best player in that series. <laughs> It's it's of all the guys to pick in that series. It was not Jordan Eberle that I saw.
0: It's so weird because that is kind of being looked at as a bit of an upset. And I think a lot of people would agree with that, but the Islanders were technically the
1: higher seed there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's the pens. So, you know, I do know.
0: Um, Aj, let me like I said. Let me circle back. This is gonna be the last thing we talk about before we go to a break. Pierre LeBrun put out a ridiculous suggestion. Pierre LeBrun is uh, extremely smart, very well respected. It's hard for me to say that Pierre LeBrun, um, you know, was 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 incorrect on something because who am I to correct Pierre LeBrun? Did you see his proposal for what? He thinks Sancho should do to, to give more of an advantage to top seed teams.
1: Yeah, I started reading it and my eyes glazed <sighs> over and my head turned into like a baby's yeah. head, and it just sort of started flopping all around. And I was just like, "No, I'm not." So it
0: sounds like you had the same reaction Sorry. everyone else did. Um, and, and and I'll ask you this one question: If it, and if the answer is no, we'll end the segment. If the answer is yes, I'd like to hear what it is. Should the NHL be doing more to help number one seeds give them more of an advantage?
1: Uh definitely no. Okay. I would say I would say no. Uh I think the only tweak that I tweaks that I would make, I would go one through eight. And even though that ended up being exactly what happened in the West this year, uh it's not what happened in the east, I would go one through eight. Um, and I would reseed after the first round.
0: So, w- what would you think about? And again, to me, well, I i mean, I guess maybe not. I still love the idea of, of you just do the top 16 and one gets 16.
1: Uh, I'm open to I it. I mean, I mean, in yeah, you know, it's funny, the, the abs would have missed the playoffs this year yeah. in, that, in that format, but you know you can't say after 82 games they deserved it no
0: and I, and i think that was what we'd been saying all year was you know whoever gets in out of the west in those two wild card spots in almost any other year wouldn't have made it um yeah but but to me i, I guess you sit there you say all right that way your your top seeded teams get the the lowest seeded teams in the playoffs um yeah i, I don't think you know this the playoffs the way that they're set up now i think everyone hates if you go back to either 1 through you know you know 1 versus 8 or if you were to go to something like 1 against 16 i think that gets back to hey your best teams play your worst teams and if your worst teams upset the top teams and you know what the top teams should have played better uh, i don't think you need to be making uh you know teams play a a best of 3 the night before round 1 starts just to give a leg up i mean at that point just just make the opposing team play blindfolded yeah. against anyone who's playing as a number one.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's it's tapping into the thing that baseball is doing with the extra wild card game, but I think baseball needed that. Uh, baseball's playoffs are really really small, and there's a lot of teams for only four teams to get yeah. in. Um, and so you know it's. I, you know, I, I, I prefer one through eight uh, reseed and, and go by conferences east and west and then reseed after the first round. That's what I would do. That gives, that gives your higher seeds that little extra advantage uh, so that, you know, you're not saying, well, the regular season is meaningless and, and the only thing that matters is home ice advantage. You know, home ice hasn't been a huge advantage something, something, a little extra cherry on top would be fine with me. i that would not, you know, regular being good in the regular season should count for something. Um And obviously it counts for home ice right now. And that's not nothing, but I think it, I think I would be fine with a little extra there. That would be fine with me. And also I would be fine with not like, I don't feel strongly that it, that needs to happen. Well, what just, I do feel strongly it should go to one through eight or one through 16. I understand the travel concerns of one through 16. I wouldn't mind just trying it out and seeing how it goes. You know, it's, it's, it's easy to say no to everything theoretically, but until you try something out and actually see what it actually does and what it's actually like, and you know, Oh, you, you have a worst case scenario, a one in a million worst case scenario. Well, how often, how often does that, you know, would that actually mm-hmm. happen? It, would it happen, like, two years in a row? Like, what would, you know, how would it play out? See, um, for me. I'd like to just try stuff, you know. I For me, that's what I, you have the best playoffs in, in all of the sports. And I think they got too cute by forcing the division stuff. Try something yeah. else. See,
0: for me, you, you, you knock a week off of. Preseason, you take the season down to eighty games, and you account for a couple extra days of travel. Hell, the Nuggets are playing the San Antonio Spurs, and they've had two days off in between every game.
1: You know, you know <laughs> some of that. I think some of that is because of well, scheduling. Right, um, but
0: but I mean, you know, it's you, but you, not all if, of it. If it means a better product on the ice, and uh which uh, you know, what's what's so funny, man, is is we all, you know, the hockey community hates on the NBA. We make fun of the NBA for, hey, it's the same three teams at the end every year. You know how it's going to end. You have the best parody in sports right now in the NHL, and there's people that are mad about it. Oh, the top team should have more of an advantage. How great is it that you have 16 teams and that, honestly, any one of them has a legitimate shot to win a Stanley Cup?
1: Yeah, I mean as much as as much as the first round of the NCAA tournament in college basketball is a great time. Like the only people watching 1 versus 16 games are fans of those right. teams. And and you know, you know, like watching those blowouts is not. And like the one time in 30 years that there was a 16 upset, it was a huge blast and it was tons of fun. But like it's not great. It's not it's not like great for the sport. It's you know, it's the the it's, it's not pushing the sport forward in any way. It's not selling anything. You know, it's just it's just a beatdown that takes place a couple times every year. And in hockey, you don't have that, really. Like, that the Avs laid it on the Flames uh, was unexpected. But you can't look at the dominance and say there was a problem with the system. You look at the Flames and say, well, where did the Flames from the regular season go? Right. The system being under attack is silly to me because... The results aren't what they wanted. A couple of number one seeds lose for the first time ever. Uh, they lose in the same year. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, maybe there's something wrong mm-hmm. with the system. Like this one, this one anomaly happens. This one crazy thing, this one time goes down. And all of a sudden, it's like, let's make major changes to it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't need it. It's been a great playoffs. It's been just as awesome as the other years. And I don't say that just because Colorado's had success. But... It's been a ton of fun from a competitiveness
0: standpoint. I think this first round is about as closely played as you've seen, uh, you know, any first round in a long time. Let's uh, let's take our last break here. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about the West and who is through, who we're waiting on BS and avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. We will be right back. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Haefeli hanging out talking playoffs. It has been an extremely entertaining playoffs, um, capped off by the Habs moving through to the second round after beating the Calgary Flames 4-1 to one in their first round matchup. They await the winner of the Sharks and Golden Knights. AJ, let's talk about that one really quickly because I have a feeling you and I are going to end up spending a lot of time talking about it here in the next few days. Uh, Flames, or excuse me, Sharks, Golden Knights, two completely different teams, um, made up in very different ways. And yet here we are game seven. Uh, have you followed a lot of this series? Yeah. What have you thought?
1: Um, they're both going to give either one of them is going to give Colorado problems. Yeah. Uh, different problems, very different problems. Well, that's but, yeah. Go ahead. But but they they each present a, a unique set of challenges uh, from one another. It's not like it's not like the same stylistic team, you know, going at it. It's uh two two very different clubs.
0: What's so funny, man, is in the last you know couple of days I've had a lot of people. Oh, who do you think? Oh, you know, so awesome. Yeah. They're moving on. Who do you think will be the best matchup? And I I honestly don't know because I sit there and part of me says, I truly, truly believe Vegas is the better team. I think Vegas is maybe the best team in the West. I agree. So you sit there and you say, all right, well, so you you probably don't want them, right? And it's like, well, San Jose has just been a house of horrors for the Avs for the last decade. There's been something about that team they haven't been able to beat that's a, you know, an older veteran team that, that the abs have really struggled with. So do you want Vegas, even though maybe we think that's perhaps the best team in the Western conference?
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough, man, because like, like I said, I think they're, they, they'll give Colorado two different sets of problems um, with San Jose. It's, it's the skill and and the the ability, you know, the depth and the high end skill. Um, obviously, Martin Jones is is kind of in that Mike Smith territory where you think he'll be a weakness. Um, but but the rest of that I mean, the rest of that roster is so good. Yeah, and you know, even with Carlson looking pretty compromised. That dude has seven points in six games in that series right right and that's with him looking like oh man there, there are some problems there mm-hmm. um and the guy's still the guy's still getting it done you know he's still producing
0: do you think oh, maybe to the- Carolina there you go Do you think maybe the Sharks are a little bit of a better matchup just because of, of how much Bill Peters talked about the speed of the abs and their D jumping into the play uh, an issue. Do you think maybe getting a slightly older, maybe a little bit slower team would be better for the abs?
1: Yeah, we saw, we saw what the speed advantage could, could give Colorado in the first round. And I think that would be amplified against San Jose. I think they're going to be a lot slower team than, uh, than Calgary. And I think I, if, the th- the onus is really on Colorado to be that team every night, though. Yeah, because if they get out and they they do their thing, man, Colorado can definitely hang with those guys. They can definitely play with them. But San Jose is gonna have their they're not gonna be like Calgary. That is a team that understands how to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They're they've been in every situation imaginable. You know they've they've blown three nothing serious leads. They've come back from three nothing leads. They've been to a Stanley Cup Finals. They've been embarrassed in the first round and everything in between. They have done all of it. There is not a situation. It's what I'm saying. There is not a situation that that core group is going to be uncomfortable in. There will not be anything Colorado can do to them to make them uncomfortable or feel like, oh, man, we don't know what to do here. They are experienced and they're deep and they know – how to handle themselves in all situations. Hmm. That's not always good, as we've seen in, in the Vegas series. Sometimes they melt down, but they bounce back and they punch back. They always, always, always will have a response at some point. Uh they they go down 3-1, they win the next two games. You know, they're they were double overtime, a goal away from their season being over, they got it done shorthanded. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like, that is just a team that finds a way. And that, for me, is is the biggest thing that makes me nervous about them. You can look at the speed and the injuries, and you can look at Martin Jones, and you can, oh, the Avs can take them. Sure, they totally can. But the big advantage Colorado, I think, had that we saw, ultimately, in that Colorado series, was uh, Nathan McKinnon, Philip Grubauer, and Calgary just didn't know what to do in the situations Colorado put them in. Uh that won't happen with San Jose. Uh Vegas similarly, they they made a cup run last year. They they did they they were involved in about as many varied situations as you can you can really handle it. The only thing that they haven't really done is really be down in a series yeah. except for the cup finals. So, we don't know what they really look like in that spot. You know, what if, what if Colorado gets up on them to nothing, you know, they go into Vegas and they win the first two games. We have no idea how Vegas responds. Mm-hmm. That's, that would be the one thing, you know, we don't really know that part of it, but. Whew. It's going to be crazy. Well,
0: why don't we put that one on hold till we have a better idea of who it's going to be tomorrow. Um,
1: Abs flames. We, we, we won't even know by the time we record the show tomorrow, we won't find out. What uh, what the schedule is, or what's going on until like late tomorrow night? Mm-hmm. Well, we honestly might not even know the schedule till Wednesday, man. If uh, I don't expect we will, because Carolina's on the verge of pushing this to, to seven games, and they don't release that schedule until the whole thing is done. All right, and
0: Nashville and Dallas play tonight. If Nashville ties that series up, then.
1: And last I saw, they were ahead one nothing. You're right. Um,
0: one nothing uh second yeah, period about start to start second period yeah. uh, we'll skip over abs and flames as that is all we've talked about uh, for the last week or so uh yeah. Blues Jets this one was kind of a toss-up to me man it was, that
1: was a weird series it was a very weird series uh it was a brutal series um, that for the Jets to have lost game five the way that they did with the two nothing lead in the third period. Uh, then they get chipped away at, and then they lose with 15 seconds left in regulation. Brutal, man. Wow. Just brutal. And, you know, we heard all kinds of problems coming out about that locker room. I've said for years I don't think Paul Maurice is any good as a head coach. I think he's got to go. Uh, Jacob Truba basically today was asked, "Are you? would you be willing to take a hometown discount to keep everybody together and keep this going? Uh, to help with the salary cap, and he was not kind in his response. Um, I think there are serious issues in Winnipeg right now. I think they have a culture problem. Uh, they need to they need to figure out who their leadership group is that they want driving the ship for the next couple of years. Uh, is it Wheeler and Bufflin as they get into the twilight of their careers, or do they need to turn that over into the young guys? Uh, and, and give the franchise over to them and move on from some of those older cats. They, they, they have an identity issue, and uh, it's not unlike what Colorado faced a couple years ago when the leadership group was, you know, Bocheman and Aginla. You know, older guys who are at the end of the road. Uh, the, the Jets guys aren't quite that advanced. They're not that old. They're not looking at, like, retirement in the next year or two but they've got a split in their locker room between the veterans and the younger guys. Uh, and they've got to figure out an answer to their culture problem because Paul Maurice surely didn't have any this year. Um, St. Louis, I think is still just getting, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just not a believer in Jordan Bennington suddenly being the NHL's best goaltender. Um, I think eventually the bubble's going to burst and whichever team is playing them, when it finally does, it's going to benefit greatly from that um, because Jake Allen will probably finish that series. And you might as well be eating at a buffet at that point. <laughs>
0: uh, who's the last one here? Uh, Flain or excuse me. Uh, Pred stars. Uh, you called this one being a good matchup for the stars. They lead it three to two. They're trying to close out tonight. Uh, you know, man, the, the Predators, to me, another culture problem. They never felt like the real deal, did they? Over even over the last few years, even last year, they run through the regular season. There was just something about them that never quite felt like they were the real deal.
1: Well, and for me, my big the big thing that I've been wondering about recently is how how many teams win cups with defensemen as their best players. Right. You know, we always talk about defense win championships, right? But I put it on Twitter last night and said, who was the last cup winner uh, that won because a defenseman was their clear-cut best player? And we had to go all the way back to Niedermeyer in 07 to find one that we thought was a pretty good answer. But even that team, even that and, team. And, right. And, like, they're uh, of course, like, you're going to have – You're not winning the cup without great players. Like you're just not, you know, maybe Carolina in in the year after the lockout where it was just kind of like, Oh, (laughs) that was crazy. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, even, even the cup winning team uh, in, in 07 with Anaheim was, I mean, you had, you had, you know, Timo Solani was on that team and had a 94 point year. You know, it wasn't like Timo Solani was a baddie. At right. Point. Right.
0: I'll say you, you, you had, you know, you had uh Solani, you had uh Getzloff, You had Perry granted. They were, yeah. they were younger guys.
1: Yeah, they were babies, but you also had, you know, you had Pronger and then you did have, uh, you know, Boschman when he was still in his prime, uh, you know, and then you did have Miedermeyer and you did have you know, I mean Pronger and Miedermeyer, That's that's insane. Uh-huh. So that's that's kind of like the point that I was making on when I when I brought that up yesterday was those are those are the guys. Like th- that's the team um, that that Nashville's kind of been trying to emulate, but they didn't have a team of Solani throw up ninety four points. You know, they didn't have the high. They've never had the high end forwards. Uh, to to push them through, uh, and as good as their defense is, and like the the Subban, Yosi, uh, Ellis, Ekholm, like they're great. That's a great quartet. But you know, you're 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 not singing in a barbershop, man. You're trying to win a Stanley Cup, and there just isn't a lot of proof in the pudding that that's how you build. That's how you that's how you build a, a championship team. You have to have a good defense, but you can't. You can't be, go
0: all. You can't put one hundred percent of your eggs well, in the defensive right. basket.
1: Right, like they went out and they've needed Ryan Johansson to be more. And I, I take flack for saying this from Preds fans all the time, where I say they're paying Ryan Johansson eight million dollars. They need more from him because right now, if that guy were to go up against Nathan McKinnon, we saw it last year. He couldn't. He couldn't match up. Colorado's problem was Austin Watson and Colton Sissons and, and dudes like that. Like Nashville's depth beat up the abs last year. But when, you know, it's it's the high-end guys that are keeping them from doing, and it's happening again because they're going up, and this is the exact reason why I like the matchup for Dallas, was that they have a good defense that strangles offense. And there isn't anybody on Nashville that's, that's so good up front that they can work their way through that. It's a really good team. It's a really deep team, but they aren't special up front. And a team like Dallas that suppresses shots, suppresses chances, and is getting world-class goaltending, you're going to win. You're going to be playing a lot of 2-1 games. And when they have the best offensive uh, forwards in in Dallas between Ben Sagan and Radulov, they have the three best forwards in that series. Uh, and that's you know the defense isn't as good as Nashville's, but when you can keep it to a really low scoring, low event game, and you have the best forwards, you have the right mixture, and that's why I picked Dallas in that series, and that's why I thought that matchup was a nightmare for Nashville. And so far, I mean, they're down three right. two, so you know, it it even if they go on to even if Nashville comes back and wins that series in seven, uh, that. That's proven relatively accurate. That they they have a trouble, they have real trouble with that that combination. And then, you know, St. Louis. I think if Nashville goes on, I think Nashville stomps St. Louis. I do too. So I, I sit here and say Nashville's
0: never felt like the real deal, but there's a there is a chance if they win tonight, they could end up coasting to the Western Conference Finals. So what do I know?
1: Yeah, and then I tell you what, man, a matchup. Vegas, Nashville, Colorado, Nashville. I'm not picking Nashville in either one of those if, series. If
0: the Abs get by Vegas, I, I I don't know how that doesn't become your favorite out of the West.
1: Oh, straight up, I fully 100% agree with you. And uh, depending on who's still left in the East, uh, Colorado. I mean, if if they get past Vegas, you're we're talking Colorado's going to have a very real chance to do the thing that we don't. Yeah, talk yeah. About.
0: We I mean, we won't go there, but but you know. Again, if and it's a massive if, it's a massive if. If they get by Vegas and or San Jose, um, I'd be interested to see the uh, the odds after that. The odds makers, uh, what 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 kind of odds they they give the Avs the rest of the way. But that is a conversation for way 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 down the line. We don't even know who they're playing yet. We will find out tomorrow. And uh, we will make sure we let you know once we do find out. And we will make sure to give you all of our thoughts on it. So, for Adrian Dater, who you will hear from tomorrow, and AJ Hafley, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys all so much for listening.